0: Welcome to the Pitch Your Pick podcast. The podcast where we dive deeper into the sports books, find our favorite plays, and pitch them to each other to find the best bets every day. I'm Joe. This is Jar. How you doing today, my man?
1: I am doing awesome. <laughs> we just watched what 12 hours of basketball? Yeah. It was a phenomenal day. I am excited to do it again tomorrow.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude, my eyes are fried. I'm so tired <laughs> <laughs> right now. I'm not gonna lie. I'm ready to sleep because we're obviously recording this right at the end of the day of March Madness. I woke up real early, posted all the, the pics to TikTok, watched some of the games, went to class, came back, watched the rest of the games. I've been doing that ever since. Ordered some Domino's too. Shout out Domino's. No sponsorship oh, that or anything. Good. But let me tell you, ordered the cheesy bread and two fat pizzas. Oh my God, did it hit Diffie? Uh, <laughs> anyway, let's uh, check out yesterday's performance really quick where uh, I. I don't like to brag too much. Actually, that's a lie. I do, but I was on a heater. I think I did pretty damn good for a 16-bet uh, slate here. 10-6 and six on the record. Absolutely cruising it. Colorado State kind of hoed me there. They had great, but Juwan Howard and Michigan just made great um, adjustments in the second half of that game, so I really can't be mad at them for it. Uh, Providence, that was an easy one. Uh, we fading the public like Jay always loves to do, and was perfect. Boise State, um, they let us down big time. Baylor was great. Longwood hit 56 points. If they had one more point and they took a shot with three seconds left, just to like, eh, whatever kind of shot. And it bricked. Thank the Lord of that would have been shocked. Uh, Richmond versus Iowa. Richmond actually won this. So we love that. Um, Gonzaga versus Georgia State. Gonzaga had like 96 and carried that over by themselves. Marquette had almost 100 and carried that over by themselves. New Mexico State actually won that. So we actually had some nice upset picks here. St. Peter's upset Kentucky. I mean, what? it was crazy was it talk
1: about trendy dog
0: i was dude the peacocks oh i loved it man <laughs> sat on my couch screaming let's go peacocks it was so fun um indiana versus saint mary's saint mary's decided that they were gonna be one of the best offensive teams in the country out of nowhere so that uh under got kind of cooked and then uh creighton versus san diego state also got cooked but uh you yeah, know that went to overtime we'll ignore that vermont versus arkansas it's a close one but we did cover that spread. Same thing with Murray State went to OT, but they covered that spread in OT thanks to a 44% free throw shooter hitting three straight free throws mm. just now. We that left, was cash. We just finished watching. That man was buckets from the line at the end. Uh, UCLA uh, probably one of the worst. Also, big shout out to the rim. Yeah, one of the worst performances I've ever seen by UCLA versus Akron. They dropped more points against Arizona than they did against Akron. That should say something. Um, and Not then. Said. Texas Southerns under, I mean, come on, that was free catch. I mean, come on. Anyway. (laughs) They were We're, bad. We're having some fun here. So we're going to do the same thing that we did yesterday where we're talking about (laughs) um, some of these, you know, nice little, like, games, you know, having some fun. But what we're actually going to be doing a little bit differently here is Jer is going to be trying to predict the pick that I make on all 16 of these games before we actually make the pick. Uh, so we'll quickly switch this back over to this new screen. I really like this kind of screen. I don't know what everybody else is thinking about it, Um, but I really like this new screen where you got the two of us off to the left, and then you got the ESPN and all that. I think it's fun, Um, and I I guess since we're here, um, here's a quick little just look at the ESPN slate. I was on the NBA, Uh, so here's the NBA slate for tomorrow. A lot of good games. Uh, We won't be talking about any of these. It's all March Madness, Mm -hmm. Uh, and the first one, we have Loyola Chicago versus Ohio State. I think Jared knows what I'm picking on this, so I'll just let him say it real quick.
1: Loyola money line.
0: Uh, I, Loyola actually changed to a plus one, so I'm gonna take them there, just because they hmm, have okay. the, I mean, the odds I are essentially the same. So, I see a pick. It's even now, but when I bet it, I got personally, yeah. I got a bet of plus one for Loyola, and obviously I'm gonna take that when it was exactly the same odds the line. Oh yeah, yeah
1: Now I see, I see it, yeah, I see where it's plus one too. Yeah. Okay, If cool. you
0: can take that, take that, cause it gives you the off chance of Ohio State hitting a buzzer beater, win by one. I yep. like that a lot better. Um, but Loyola is kind of just a gut feeling, I would say, for the both of us here. Um, it's just my favorite sleeper team. I think either Loyola, Chicago, or Ohio State, whoever wins this, really can kind of make it pretty far in this tournament. I mean, go to the Sweet 16 and have some fun. Um, but Loyola Chicago is just an all-around amazing team. They're 22nd uh, best defense, 42nd best offense. They beat teams like DePaul, San Francisco, Vanderbilt. They played Arizona State um as well and beat them. And they even kept it close to teams like Auburn and Michigan State. So Loyola, they may be in a bad conference, but these guys are legit. Like, these guys are really good. Um, Ohio State is still a sleeper team, though. Liddell controls the paint. He's money from the midi as well. Um, They're also the 12th best offense, but only 122nd in defense. Um, But against such a slow and smart offense in Loyola, I just kind of favor them a little bit. Loyola almost never turns the ball over, and Ohio State isn't good at turning people over. Um, So I just like Loyola a little bit better to at least cover this plus one spread but i think they can take this game
1: yeah and i look at the this Ohio ohio state team as a little home court reliant too they're That's 13 true. and three at home they're um six and nine in any game away from their home building whereas loyola has a whole bunch more experience in games away from home they're 13 and five in games away from home this season and they're also trending in opposite directions coming into this tournament. Loyola is four and one in their last five, and um, Ohio State's one and four. So I like Loyola here, coming in hot.
0: And what I love about this uh, team as well is uh, Lucas Williamson and Bray- uh, Braden Norris. These are the two of the starting guards and the two highest scorers on this Loyola Chicago team. These were guys that were freshmen when they made the 2016 run into the what final four? I think it was. These guys were on that team, so these guys already know what it's like to be in this March Madness situation. I really just like that veteran leadership. They're also both 40% shooters from three. This Loyola team, they're a sleeper. I love that.
1: Oh so,
0: God. the next one for Auburn. What do you think we're picking here, Auburn and Jacksonville State?
1: I think you might go with the Auburn team total over.
0: You are spot on on the money. And that over love it. is Auburn over 76 and a half which is a pretty decent one. Now, this is going to be a game of two paces. Jacksonville State, slow, methodical, and Auburn. Let's just sprint and worry about making the shots once we get into the paint. And I just think that Auburn is going to be better at controlling the uh, pace for this game. Auburn is 60th in pace. They want to keep it moving. They're insane. They are really insanely athletic. Like everybody on this team can just get down there and absolutely hoop. Uh, Walker Kessler is also going to hold it down in the paint I don't really think the uh, Jacksonville State Gamecocks are really going to be doing anything down in the paint against Kessler he's going to block a lot of those shots and then Jabari Smith and Wendell Green are going to be going out there and just dunking it uh like crazy now Auburn can be a little bit three reliant and they aren't really that great from the three-point line which can be kind of concerning but when you get a guy like Jabari Smith who's most likely going to be either pick one two or three and can jump out of the gym I think they'll be pretty fine with trying to get these here and uh Jacksonville State also is in the most amazing defense. I think that Jacksonville State is going to try to come out into this game and prove that they deserve to be here, Uh, because I know you probably aren't aware of why they're in the tournament, but they didn't actually win their conference tournament, which is a requirement for their uh, conference. So you have to win it in order to get here, because obviously that's what you have to do with the lower seeds. Jacksonville lost in their conference finals, but they're still here because the team that beat them, is in their second year since moving up from D2. And there's some sort of rule where you have to wait for a year. So even though Jacksonville lost, they're still here because they finished first in the rankings. So I feel like people kind of view them as a fake team in here. So I do think they might come out here and uh, try to make a little bit noise. But I still think Auburn handles this game pretty easy. And I don't think Jacksonville is going to be able to keep up with this pace really at all. I think St. Peter's will probably be the only 15 number two seeds uh, that we see today.
1: I think you're spot on. <laughs> I really... I don't know anything about Jacksonville State, and you're right. And that's why I think they're going to kill them.
0: <laughs> I'll give you a nice little fun fact though, so now you at least know a little tidbit about them.
1: Yeah, that they lost I know a little bit more now.
0: <laughs> they're fakes, essentially. Yeah,
1: that's fraudulent. Get them out of here. Get rid of that stupid rule.
0: Yeah, right? You win your conference tournament, but you don't get to go in there because you were in D2 two years ago. If anything, that should be a bigger accomplishment, and you should yeah, send that's... them, right? Like what? Yeah. Ugh, it makes no sense anyway it's like oh
1: sorry you're too good too fast yeah wait a on, few right. more years when all your guys graduate and you have nothing again Ugh,
0: horrible anyway montana state texas tech what, what am i gonna be picking here huh?
1: montana state under team total
0: yeah um and that's just because this one's easy man texas tech uh or sorry montana state under 58 and a half points versus texas tech just because i mean texas tech is the best defense in the country and montana state hasn't even seen a relatively amazing defense let alone texas tech's defense Uh, it's just gonna be bad they're great at forcing turnovers they're great at blocking shots they're good at defending the rim they're good at getting steals montana state is a great team but again they just haven't faced somebody like this texas tech team so i think it's as simple as it could be montana state under 58 and a half that is a low total uh but i think against this texas tech team who's held guys like kansas and teams like that to below you know or around this number I think it shouldn't be a tough task to hold Montana State down to this. The only way that I see this failing is if Texas Tech gets a you know, 20, 30-point lead and Chalk's at the end and Montana State barely makes it over.
1: Yeah, no, I I, I like this. Um, I think we saw it kind of today. I know it's a little different matchup with the uh, Michigan and um, Colorado State game, but you saw in the second half of that Michigan Just kept Colorado State nowhere near the paint. Yeah. And they finally started closing out on shooters and, like, used their, like, athleticism to beat a weaker, like, a less athletic Colorado State. Like, just Montana State just will not have the athletes to score on Texas Tech consistently.
0: Yeah, which is, it's tough for them, but, I mean... I think that going against Texas Tech in your first round game as a lower conference team is probably going to be one of the biggest like FUs that the, uh, the attorney commission can give you, to be honest. yeah,
1: uh,
0: Feels bad. Feels bad. But we'll move on. Yale-Purdue. You said this is one you were in on. so what do you think I'm going to go for here?
1: Um, my gut told me Purdue's team total over.
0: That would be correct. Purdue over 80 and a half versus Yale. Now, this is because Yale is going to get cooked in the paint. Uh, it's really as simple as that. If you look at these stats, it's, it's really bad for Yale. Now, Yale is a team that didn't even think was going to make it to their conference uh, championship. They thought that this was going to be, you know, a Princeton or something like that. They thought that Yale was so bad that they weren't even going to make it out. And then Yale kind of just said, yeah, whatever, and made it to their conference championship anyway, and then beat Princeton. And now they're here facing Purdue. Now, this is a really bad matchup for Yale. They are a good defensive team, ranking about 100 in efficiency, but they have trouble defending the rim, mainly because they only have a few guys that are 6'8", and everybody else is below 6'8 on this team. Purdue's second-best offensive team, and it's mainly because they run a duo of a 6'10", Williams, in the paint, and 7'4", Zach Eady, who at one point in the season was shooting 74% from inside the paint. Now... (laughs) With Yale allowing 51% on average in the paint against people who probably aren't seven foot four Zach Edie, I expect that uh nobody is going to stop Edie from getting the ball. Once Edie gets the <laughs> ball, he's going to do whatever the hell he wants within the paint. And then once that is established that he is their father, he's gonna kick it out to a few threes. And with how great uh, Ivy's been playing, I think this is a pretty handed uh 81 points for Purdue.
1: i don't think any i don't think a bunch of scrawny nerds like us are stopping zach Eady. that's not happening
0: (laughs) and the the crazy part about is usually these super tall players are like you know skinny you know they're not uh that built zach Eady is 7'4 295 from toronto ontario this guy is big that boy's a
1: monster
0: he is stopped there's nobody on the zl team that can guard this guy that's it yeah guy's a monster he shoots yeah oh yeah this uh last season i didn't even
1: i didn't even know who who that guy was um and i'm from toronto
0: yeah he shoots 64.7 percent from the free throw line uh because he gets there you know a decent bit but the guy shoots 65.5 from the field on 15 points a game in 19 minutes in Hmm. 19 minutes
1: (laughs) go purdue
0: (laughs) yeah uh let's go purdue next one villanova delaware
1: um this one's gonna be pretty square too villanova team total over
0: i'm gonna take the overall team total i wanted to have some fun here because i think delaware looks pretty good um and nova's one of the most potent offenses that we have out here um and delaware's one of the worst three-point shooting teams so i kind of like the fact that uh nova's probably gonna get their typical like 80 to 90 points especially against a team like delaware who really allows a lot of three-point attempts and a really high percentage, and Nova is a team that loves to take a lot of three-point attempts and shoots at a really high percentage, and they're also one of the best free throw shooting teams, and what we've seen a lot of the times with some of these bigger games is almost everybody in here is scoring um, 50, 60 points, which means Nova really only has to get, you know, 85-ish, and then, you know, towards the end of those games, they're kind of going to let them get a few free buckets here and there, so I think that uh, the 133 and a half wasn't really that steep of a total for me to take it overall, uh, this Nova team is great they don't really have a massive bench but uh what I'm gonna s- assume happens here is they're gonna start slinging some shots from deep they're gonna get into a rhythm um and Gillespie and Moore are just gonna have a good time and uh not really try to work on defense and let Delaware run up the score a little bit because the only people that haven't I think scored above 60 are Texas Southern and Longwood so I think Delaware can probably
1: yeah, they, I don't mind it. Um the only reason I took the Nova one is because I don't know anything about Delaware. <laughs>
0: they're they're a solid team. Like um I think Delaware is also a very solid offense and they shoot it really well as well. Um Nova's good at guarding the three point line, but I just think Delaware's a good offense. Um so if they get those opportunities from Nova, whenever they do pop up, they will take advantage of them. Um I just don't think that Nova's gonna let them get a load of them. So we're gonna, yeah, no, we're gonna I, go over it. I,
1: yeah, no, I like that. I don't mind that at all.
0: The next one is Miami and USC. What do you think? Uh,
1: USC minus two.
0: That is a possibility, but I like USC over 70 and a half versus Miami because both of these teams um score a decent bit. Uh, but the way that I look at it is Miami loves to run a basically three, sometimes four guard lineup. And against the USC team, that's one of the tallest teams in the country. I think USC is going to have some great matchups to really pop this Miami team out there. and Miami's the bottom 300th in two-point percentage allowed and three-point percentage allowed. They really just don't play defense. Miami really gets their wins by that five-out offense um, and getting into the paint, and I don't really trust that in a tournament game where you're supposed to be locking down, but how much better can you really lock down when you let people shoot at, like, 53% in the paint and near 40% from three? It's going to be kind of tough. I think Isaiah Mobley has an amazing matchup against the Miami Hurricanes right now, and If USC just doesn't miss the open shots that they're going to get against Miami, and if they uh, abuse those mismatches that are going to get against Miami, like Charlie Moore, who's a great player, super shifty, but he's like 5'10". There's nobody that he really isn't a mismatch on. I think that uh, 71 points should be pretty easy for USC to get here, especially considering this is going to be a close game. Could see it going to overtime getting us a few extra buckets there. Uh, So I'll take that.
1: Yeah, no, I like that too. I I pit I said USC -2 cuz when we talked about it in our bracket, we took USC. Yeah. I saw fair. that they're both they're they're both pretty good offenses, so I and I just thought with the close spread, you might go -2. But I don't hate what was it? 70 and a half? It's, yeah, I don't yeah. hate 70 and a half at all.
0: Yeah, especially when they've been going against defenses like Arizona, UCLA, you know, guys like those. So I think it's going to be a a welcomed game to go against a Miami team who really isn't playing amazing defense i said
1: it i've said it before in this i like teams that get easy buckets in in tournament games
0: and these probably gonna be some easy ones (laughs) yeah all right notre dame alabama
1: uh i think you're gonna go under 152 and a half somewhere in there
0: we're taking the over i like it or i like it man i think that this alabama team doesn't know what it's like to play slow and i just like that especially when they're not the the most consistent when it comes to their effort especially on the defensive end uh alabama loves to get out there and run but they don't love to get out there and run against the opponent and stop them from getting buckets uh which will be interesting now the problem that could be here is that the notre dame fighting irish you know play some great defense out there but with alabama playing the 12th fastest pace and is very prone to turnovers. I see Notre Dame getting quite a few opportunities uh, more than they would, you know, normally get. And in the last game that we saw against Rutgers, Notre Dame was pretty okay with playing that faster pace. They were missing their shots when they were playing that faster pace, but they were okay with kind of speeding it up a little bit, trying to get Rutgers to play uh, faster. So I think Notre Dame might be okay with going into this Alabama game and just kind of speeding it up a little bit, taking some more shots. Maybe they wouldn't um, normally, and with them loving to spread the floor, I think they're going to get a lot of three-point opportunities against this Alabama team. Um, Notre Dame does like to play slower again, but they are 17 and 13 to the over, and Bama is 22 and 10 to the over. So, these guys are pretty consistently hitting over, especially Alabama. They're, I think, either 5 out of 10 or 6 out of 10 in the last against some of the best defensive teams still to the over. So, I think uh, I like this one a little bit uh, going at this 150. 150- Three, I think, is what I have it at. It's a high total, but I'm gonna stick with it.
1: Yeah, no, I that what I would have leaned under on was the total. I just thought the total was a little
0: high. Yeah, but it's that high because Alabama's 12 days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have to take yeah, that into no. account.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, what I've
0: noticed I is whenever they have I've noticed that almost all of these all the games that I got burnt on were games that I picked under today. And all the games that I got correct were the games that I picked over. So, so far yeah. this tourney, defense hasn't exactly been a focal no, point. No, it
1: really hasn't.
0: Especially St. Really Mary's hasn't. in Indiana. That was a game that we, we both talked about yesterday. And Creighton and South uh, San Diego State, we both said, oh yeah, this is easily going to be an under game. Both easily hit over. So, I am yeah. kind of avoiding unders right now because anytime I've picked one, I've kind of got uh, hit with it, aside from Longwood. And Texas, yeah.
1: No, I don't mind
0: that. Uh Virginia Tech and Texas. This was probably the hardest game for me to personally pick. So it'll be interesting if you get it correct.
1: I think you personally e- i guess ended up with Texas minus one.
0: I went with Virginia Tech plus one. Virginia Tech plus one. Okay. Uh, now- Tell me why. Virginia Tech, one of the best all-around shooting teams. So at plus one, I do like this here. And they've also been on a massive hot streak. Virginia Tech beat UNC, or sorry, we'll start it off even earlier. They beat Clemson by one in overtime, then beat Notre Dame by seven, then beat UNC 72 to 59, then beat Duke 82 to 67. Number two seed Duke was outclassed by this Virginia Tech team. All season, people have been saying that Virginia Tech has all the pieces to be a crazy good team and just have to put it together. And I think they really have started to do that. And I think the ACC tournament showed that because, I mean, they outclassed Duke completely. Um, Now, Texas is a scary defense, um, but they've really struggled on the offensive end. Um, Tech is 54th in defense, so they're no slouch. And they're not really going to let this uh, Texas Tech or Texas Longhorns team really get a lot of free buckets. Um, So I just like this Virginia Tech a little bit more. Um, I know that uh, being a bit better, you know, from that two-point range is better for this tourney, but I like Virginia's extra shooting. Texas is almost a non-factor from the three-point line, so they have to do it inside, and I think the more consistent offense and defense of Virginia Tech is why I like them a little bit more versus Texas really only winning games uh, by clamping up, and neither team is horrible at the free throw line, but I don't know. I just don't love that I can't rely on Texas to hit their shots in the clutch time, and there's a bunch of guys on this Virginia Tech team that I'm like, yeah, they're money, and I can trust them to take that final shot if it comes down to the wire.
1: Yeah, this one just really feels like you have to pick a side and hope it hit.
0: And I'm going with my ACC teams. <laughs> That's really what it is. I went with my yeah. ACC team, and I found things that backed up my ACC team bias. It was it. Yeah, I don't mind it. Uh, the next one, Illinois, Chattanooga.
1: Mm, chattanooga plus
0: eight i had it written down and then changed it to illinois over 71 and a half because i i don't know i wasn't i wasn't comfortable with either spread i don't know i don't know what it was but I was i didn't feel like either spread was amazing uh just value and it's i don't know i think it's the fact that everybody loves a chattanooga upset that makes me not want to bet in favor of it Um, true so very went, fair point i went with illinois um over 71 and a half because if we've talked about this guy before kofi coke seven foot 285 there is nobody on chattanooga that is guarding this man and chattanooga also lets players in the paint shoot at an average of 52 percent and uh, kofi is shooting 60 percent from the field so i really think he's gonna have himself a great time he also has 10.6 rebounds I think just at seven foot two eighty five, nobody's really gonna be guarding Kofi in the paint. That that's crazy that crazy on Chattanooga. And then if he does get it in the paint, they have to double team him. Uh, but Kofi is more than willing, you know, just kick it right back out. He doesn't average a lot of assists, but obviously, if he sees a double team coming, he's gonna whip that right back out. And this Illinois team has a bunch of crazy good shooters. And I just really think that uh Chattanooga is not ready for it. 37% from the three-point line is this Illinois team, while also having a guy. Who can shoot sixty percent in the paint against a bad two point defense team? I think that uh, no matter what happens, this Illinois team is going to be close to seventy two points. Um, so I'm just kind of going on the over here, just hoping that uh, Kofi is going to dominate the fact that he's their father inside the paint.
1: I don't, I don't hate it at all. I love me my big men.
0: <laughs> I just they do have size. I think Chattanooga they have you know six ten guys stuff like that. Uh, But they just don't guard the rim well. And against a guy like Kofi, you need good rim protection. And without that, I just don't see Illinois having trouble scoring. Yeah, no. So that's why we went that way. Uh, Duke, CSU, Fullerton. Uh,
1: Duke's team total over.
0: There's another one where I took an over, but I just took the overall game total at 145. Um, just because this Duke team doesn't gore uh, it up the most consistently. I mean, they just gave up 86 to, to Virginia Tech. I mean, they don't really lock it down that much. So um, I think I actually have here in my notes that you could take the Duke uh, team total if you want to be a little bit safer. Uh, but I'm just taking the over uh, just because Duke is crazy good to the over there 19, 14, and 1 um csu fullerton isn't amazing the 14 and seven to that over uh, but duke's the sixth best offense in the country they're the 15th best field goal percentage um and csu fullerton is a team that just kind of screams at me we're middle of the pack and that's about <laughs> it like if you were to go if you go and look at their ken Palm stats it says 50 percent ball club and that's about it so i don't know i just think that duke's gonna have their way and i also just picked the overall total because again Teams are really letting these lower seeds still get to that 50, 60, even 90 points if you're Kentucky, uh, to these lower seeded teams. <laughs> and they're really not guarding them that much. So I think that uh CSU is probably gonna get, you know, their average, you know, maybe 60 points a game, which only leaves Duke with um 85 that they have to score. And that's a total that this Duke team can very easily um hit out here. So I don't think it's that bad for this Duke team. I think they're gonna go out there, and I also think that this Duke team really needs to uh, make a statement and kind of prove that they are these top dogs. So I think coming out here and just absolutely hooping on the offensive end is kind of the way to do that. Um, they just lost to Virginia Tech in the championship, a game that they were definitely favored to win. But I think Duke's going to come out here, and give us a quick little 100 bomb, um, and CSU will come out here and give us a nice little 50, 50-point 50 blowout. Just really
1: bad in over. Discord, but I like the pick. What'd you say? I said your mic lagged really bad in Discord, but I do like the, I do like the over.
0: <laughs> you actually said it right as I finished up, so it was almost like perfect timing.
1: I could still hear your mic moving. I just couldn't understand what you were saying. But we can move on. It's good now.
0: Iowa State, LSU. Uh,
1: Iowa State plus four.
0: Exactly correct. Uh, these are two teams that are the same. Like, they're the same. Uh, Both teams are great on defense. They're iffy on offense, and they turn the ball over a lot. They're essentially the same team. I think Iowa State has fared better in their conference uh, games, and both these teams are in co- tough conferences. I think when it comes to top twenty-five matchups, LSU's only two and seven, um, and LSU or Iowa State's I think like six and five or something like that. So just fared a little bit better. They actually have a positive record instead of a very negative record against those uh, top opponents. I think that uh, Iowa State's just kind of my slight favorite, and underdogs have really been fa- faring well in this tournament lately. Um, so I kind of just like that. Plus. I don't really see this being a very far separated game, given the fact that both teams turn the ball over and both teams are good on defense and average on offense. So I think that uh, betting on this to be a one, two, three point game um, and still having that potential to push it plus four is a safe bet at least here for me.
1: Yeah, I like that, especially with what we talked about in the last po- or our bracket podcast too. We took Ohio State to go on a little bit of a run, I think. Yeah. Well, not a run. They won this game and then lost.
0: But yeah you know they—they they at the least game. in that
1: bracket that was <laughs> cruised but oh well i like that pick
0: next one right state arizona uh
1: over 156 and a half or whatever you got
0: completely correct over Long. arizona versus right state it's over 157 uh, when i got it so i have that again that ability to push should be exactly 157. uh but both of us watched the uh, Wright State versus, versus Bryant game, and that was a literal layup line. And Bryant's not even that good of a team, especially when you compare them to Arizona. So I think Arizona's ballpark in points is about 100, so you could bet the over on the team total <laughs> uh, and the overall and the over game total. Like, it doesn't matter. Uh, if you want the safer pick, go with Arizona's points, but I can tell you right now, Wright State was not playing defense against Bryant. They were just letting him get free buckets and uh arizona is pretty used to getting free buckets Uh, but they're gonna have more than normal tonight
1: i believe that it was that i think his name is maldonado for right state their point guard that guy's a bucket
0: maldonado was on uh wyoming holden is on right state
1: holden okay that guy's a bucket
0: he had like 37
1: yeah that guy's a bucket
0: so i think right state can put uh, buckets up there and they will get them towards the end of the game because you know um, these 16 seeds are still going to run their guys most of the time just because they want to take in the full March Madness game. Whereas Arizona will probably get up to 80, get that 58 point lead or whatever it's going to be, um, sub their guys out. And then I think Wright State will make a bit of a run towards the end and cover it up. But 157 for an Arizona game, or 157 in general may seem high, but for an Arizona versus Wright State game, given the fact that Wright State and Bryant went to 180 points, I think it's pretty. Uh, Pretty average for these two.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's very fair.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, the last game was ninety three to eighty two. These yeah, guys played no l- defense. L- lying over. So we'll uh, we'll move on from there. Uh, UAB and Houston. This is probably one of the most tough ones for me, so I'm interested to see what you have.
1: Um, I had one picked. I'm just gonna look at it again because, um. I don't know if I love it anymore after what we talked about today. And I'm gonna say it anyway. No, I'm not. Uh UAB plus eight and a half.
0: I had UAB plus eight and a half written and changed it to UAB versus Houston under 136 and a half.
1: I had UAB team total writ underwritten.
0: Yeah, I think well it was like 63 and a half. And for this UAB team, that's a really low number that I could see them getting over, but 136 and a half for a Houston game I feel like it's a pretty high total to be honest Uh, but for Houston this is just a god tier team on paper I mean they're the 11th best defense 10th best offense They're second in offensive rebounding the whole team is the third lowest field goal percentage in college basketball so scoring on them is an absolute problem UAB is a good all-around team they play good defense and they shoot it really well um, they love the sprint on the court, and Houston loves to really slow it down, but Houston is literally the best team at slowing down opponents and making your opponents so scared to shoot even when absolutely wide open that they just don't take shots at all because Houston's defense is literally that good. That I just don't really see UAB doing anything crazy against these. I think that uh, UAB is great to the over. They're 21-10-1, but Houston is 14-18-1 And uh, with UAB not seeing any defense at all close to the level of Houston, I think that this team total goes under as well because Houston has a tendency to shoot a few too many threes and have an over-reliance on how well their offensive rebounding is uh, to try to get buckets and can just throw a brick after brick after brick. I think this may be a game where we'll see a few, you know, two, three-minute stretches where nobody really gets too many buckets and we see an under happen here.
1: Yeah, no, I like that. My original thought was the game under two. But then I thought um, Houston might score some, and then I thought if Houston's going to score some, UAB might score some, and um, we wound up me picking UAB plus eight and a half.
0: Yeah, I don't think Houston, in the last year's tournament, I don't know if Houston ever even got close to 70. They just don't, it's just not the style of play that they like to do. Yeah, just, yeah, okay. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Davidson, Michigan, Michigan State
1: um davidson plus one
0: davidson plus one i love this davidson team i think that they can uh take this game um it's gonna be a close one i don't think it's gonna be without uh some fight there uh but davidson is extremely efficient they are loaded with shooters they have the fifth best three-point shooting percentage in the game and they have i think one of the lowest turnover percentages out anybody and michigan state turns it over themselves but isn't good at forcing them. So there's not going to be any pressure on this Davidson team. Michigan State also likes to play a bit faster, but is terrible at making their teams play at that pace. So they play at a very fast pace, but they only let the opponents play at the 330th slowest pace. So Davidson is going to be right in their comfort zone because they love to play um, around that slow pace, their 300th in pace. So I think this Davidson team is really going be playing in what they like to do. Now, again, with heavy three-point shooting teams, there is that opportunity like what happened to Iowa today where you just don't hit anything. Uh, but Davidson still is good at getting to the line, and Michigan State is a little bit foul-prone, which I do like. So I think this is going to be a fun one out here. I think it's going to be a really close game, but I like Davidson out here because, I, again, I like to bet on teams that keep the ball in their hands. Like we saw with Richmond against Iowa. Iowa is a team that turns it over more. Richmond was a team that t- uh, takes care of the ball better. Richmond ended up winning it out because Iowa State started missing their threes. Davidson keeps the ball together better. Michigan State, more prone to turnovers and doesn't force any. I like Davidson just a little bit more here.
1: Yeah, no, this is another team. This is another team we talked about to go on a run through our, yeah. our bracket and the podcast. And I, you just said it. I like teams that are efficient from the field, that get easy buckets, don't turn the ball over, and don't give up offensive rebounds. And that's what Davidson does
0: it's just that they have the recipe to winning basketball game yeah and we love to bet on those
1: <laughs> yeah oh we...
0: uh, now this next one he already knows what it's gonna be so i'm not even gonna ask him <laughs> to say it uh but we're taking colgate at plus seven and a half now colgate is a team from new york um i've worked at colgate uh, for a few games and i've just had an absolute blast there i have an extreme bias there's a gut feeling team here um, I don't have my Syracuse Orange to root for, so I'm rooting for Colgate. So this is a complete 110% bias pick if you guys don't want to bet this and you want to take it the exact opposite because I essentially am the uh, the Fugues public betting one team up. You could definitely do that, but uh, I like Colgate at minus 7.5 here. They're a great shooting team. They shoot the second best three-point percentage in college basketball. They're great at playmaking. They love to get everybody involved. Their only problem is they don't have a super competent big man, which can be tough. Uh, but I think in general... I just like Colgate to uh, keep it closer than the spread says here. Maybe not win, but keep it closer than the spread says.
1: No, I like that. I like Colgate too. Another team we talked about going to go on a run. We have this Colgate in our bracket. We actually have this Colgate beating Iowa State as well. So,
0: well, yeah, Sweet 16 run incoming. coming. Uh, and the last game, its I'll just give you a hint here. This is a game that I think is going to be so close that the spread is even. And the money lines are both minus 110, although I got my money line a bit differently. I got mine at minus 102. So I this is a game who just take whoever you think is going to win at the money line and call it a day uh, because the spreads are even. So there's nothing changing. So who do you think I decided to take on the money line? here? Seton Hall. That is correct. And I got Seton Hall money line at minus 102. This is just a recipe of Seton Hall I think is more consistent, especially on the offensive end. TCU locks people down and gets good boards. But they just can't score. And I like we said with Texas, I just don't like that style of ball. Um, Houston is the rare exception exception where I like that all defense style of ball because Houston can actually score. TCU can't hit anything as soon as they step behind the three-point line. It is an absolute brick fest. It looked like Russell Westbrook playing at the crypto.com arena. It's just not good. So I'm taking Seton Hall here at the money line and just hope that they can squeak out a quick little win there. So we're taking I see you cheesing from the Westbrook slander. <laughs>
1: Wait, I don't even want to talk about this game anymore. I want to talk about, uh, Carl Anthony Towns and, uh, Patrick Beverly. Dude. Did you see that? Pat that was Bev. the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life.
0: Let's see if we can get a, a clip of it quick. Pat Bev, like, flexing in LeBron's face. That shit was so funny.
1: No, there was the one where Westbrook shot a brick and he, and he's like, dodging oh, the yeah. ball coming out of midair. He threw it up and dodged it and cats look into the sky, like. Holy crap, where'd that thing come from?
0: Oh yeah, here it is. This is the Pat Bev one. He like walks right up to LeBron and starts flexing in his face or whatever.
1: <laughs>
0: guy's such a clown. Right, anyway. Uh we'll we'll do a quick little daily pick screen. Uh let's see. It should be if we can move over here and show this one up. Oop, that's yesterday's.
1: <laughs> I went nine to sixteen, by the way, on those predictions.
0: That's actually pretty good.
1: Yeah, it was one off what I thought it to- or what I told you before I thought it was gonna be.
0: All right, so here's the quick picks. Um, I don't really feel like reading all these out again. Um, we're almost at 40 minutes, and I'm gonna be honest, I've watched uh a good 12, 13 hours of college basketball, and my eyes are ready to close. So these are the picks for today. Hopefully, we have another 10 and 6 day. It was just fun watching college basketball. March Madness is my favorite time of the year, always is go out there, watch these games. It's so much fun. And it's a Friday, so a lot of people should be having the time off. Go out there, get some pizza, it doesn't have to be Domino's, you know, just make sure it's not Papa John's, Papa John's sucks, just don't do that to yourself, so get some nice pizza, have some nice time, some winks, get some don't friends over, just have a to good Papa time. Don't Papa
1: John's. <laughs> what? Don't do it to Papa John's.
0: You know, it's fine, even Papa left, but <laughs> it's, <fun. laughs> we're moving. Anyway, uh, these are our picks, if you guys are watching us on YouTube put that like button down below, comment what you guys think, and hit that subscribe button if you guys are new to the channel. And if you guys are listening to us on any of the podcast platforms, give us a wonderful five-star review for just how cute Jay's voice sounds from time to time on a mic. Go out there, make some bets, and make some money.